0: Here is another episode of the Career Connection podcast dedicated to happiness at work. More specifically, engagement. Anna and I will walk you through the definition of engagement at work, how engagement affects your happiness at work, and loads more. In this podcast, we will refer to one of the previous episodes, to episode number 12. This is a mistake on our end. We mean episode number 10. Somehow we got all the numbers mixed up. Anyways, episode 10 is worth listening to if you have not yet heard us speak about the other aspects of happiness at work. But before you head over through the previous episodes, let's first deep dive into engagement at work you are listening to the Career Connection podcast, bringing you practical and proven tips and advice from the leading expert on job searching and pivoting your career in the Netherlands each and every week. Besides this, this podcast is meant to connect, empower and share inspiring expat stories. Real people, inspiring stories, all linked to making the Career Connection. And now here's your host, Marielle Obels. In this episode, we will focus on engagement. We will reflect on what engagement is and how we can influence our engagement at work. Before we do this, Anna, we have to share with our listeners what we are working on, right?
1: Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, shall, I, shall I explain what we did so far and uh, what our plans are? Yes, you please do. Well, so it started when we got both got interested in uh, happiness and happiness at work uh, topic. Then we recorded the podcast uh, about it and we, uh, we concentrated on the four keys to happiness at work, identified by researchers from the Greater Good Science Center at the University of California, Berkeley. The key pillars are purpose, engagement, resilience and kindness. Both of us got so interested and engaged in this topic that we decided to discover in detail what is behind each pillar of PERK. Uh, so that's why we are uh, prepare, we are making the podcast on each um, pillar of PERK, and also we are planning a new course that is related to the happiness at work in January.
0: Yes um it's amazing right how something like this uh, evolves to something bigger um and i hope just we got our listeners um sparked by this topic and that we uh well will welcome them into the course um of course we will announce it later on but we hope to see you then um so last time we discussed purpose And today we would like to highlight the next pillar, which is engagement. Um, um, So we will reflect on the definition of engagement and we will present the four ways of boosting your engagement at work. And to wrap up, we will share uh, a happiness engagement hack and also uh, uh, a demerit with you. So Anna, if I would, uh, may I ask you to explain the definition uh, of engagement?
1: Yes, sure. As you as you just explained, we're gonna talk what is engagement, and uh, engagement means different things to different people. We have searched uh, through the different definitions, and we wanted to share two of them with you. Um, uh, let me quote those definitions. The first is uh, um, uh, is a, a definition by v- researchers Wilmar Schaufeli and Arnold Bakker, and they um, define work engagement as follows: Engagement is a positive, fulfilling work-related state of mind that is characterized by vigor, dedication, and absor- absorption rather than a momentary and a specific state, engagement refers to a more persistent and persuasive affective cognitive state that is not focused on any particular object, event, individual, or behavior. So that's that's the first definition. It sounds a bit complicated, but we will come back to it in a second. Uh, We will explain more about it, but it's just about about to reflect uh, and to see what is there about engagement and what we can uh, think a little bit broadly about engagement. Uh, let me, t- well, let me quote the second definition It's actually by the same researchers and their colleagues. And it's, uh, it describes, it is described as follows. Work engagement is a positive, fulfilling, affective, motivational state of work-related well-being that can be seen as the antipode of job burnout. Engaged employees have high levels of energy and are enthusiastically involved in their work. So that's the second definition. Yeah.
0: So Anna, to me, the second definition clarifies what engagement at work leads to as the first one. um, Well, it resonates a bit more or tells me something more about how engagement shows at the workplace. What do you think?
1: Yes, indeed. The second definition highlights that that the engaged employees has a sense of energetic and effective connection to their work. But also it says that engagement is a state, is a positive, fulfilling state of work and related well-being. So it says that actually is a state of well-being, is a positive state. Um, the, first definition, the, the, the first definition highlights the vigor uh, that is characterized by high level of energy, mental resilience while working. Uh, also, it's... Um, it mentions uh, dedication, which refers to being strongly involved in one's work and experiencing se- sense of significance, enthusiasm, inspiration, pride, and challenge. And the third element that, is, that it mentioned is absorption, and that is characterized by being fully concentrated and happily engrossed in one's work. Also, the that definition, um, Points out that the engagement is not a momentary state, it is a continuous state. So it's also important that it's not a state that happens in a moment, but it's something that lasts uh, for, for time.
0: Yeah. So, and since engagement, I think we started off with mentioning this, it means something different to everyone. So, one first tip we would like to give our listeners um, is to reflect on what engagement means to you, means to them, right? Um, so if I look at myself, to me, engagement be, means being involved, but also having the possibility to develop something uh, new and develop myself further also. So um, if I'm working on a new co- course, a new masterclass, or even a new blog, I can really lose track of time. Um, and sometimes that's very dangerous if you have a meeting co- coming up, I can tell you that. So um, Anna, what does engagement mean? mean to you when do you feel engaged at work
1: yeah for well for me um when i reflect on my engagement at work i can recognize the difference depending on the activity i do uh, i work part-time for the employer and part-time i develop my own projects let's say if i think about my my work um for the employer as a teacher, Uh, I'm very involved, I'm very busy. There's never time for mind-wandering. My tasks are very clear to me, but also my works require a lot of interactions with children, colleagues, and parents, and that engages me a lot. On the other hand, uh, when I'm working on developing my own project, I consider myself engaged when I'm very absorbed in what I'm doing. I could refer now to the definition that we said, but I really recognize absorption. Uh, I I really feel engaged when I'm fully concentrated and uh, I find it very hard to detach from, from the work what I'm doing. Uh, we will describe it a little bit later. I, I I feel kind of flow. I feel I really I'm connected to the work What I'm doing. And then I, I also feel very engaged.
0: Yes, uh, I recognize this uh, because also, uh, also my work involves like dealing with people. And if uh, my work would not involve um, uh, involve um, dealing with people uh, or supporting people, it would be um, also difficult for me to stay engaged and motivated I guess yeah yeah Yeah. Um, so Anna how do we boost engagement today we would like to share four ways of boosting engagement with our listeners and the first thing is get ownership autonomy and self-determination um and this has everything to do with reshaping your work life. balance, I think, also had to fuel your ownership. Am I right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, we we talk about uh, about about it already in the last episode about the purpose episode, and um, indeed, this is about uh, yeah what you just said reshaping your work life and getting ownership over the things, what you do. And this is strictly connected to the uh, to the personal values um, that we discussed in the last episode. So if you have not listened to it yet, please do listen to episode number 12 of the Career Connection podcast to find out more about core values and how to define them. Uh, we also spoke about job crafting in a podcast about purpose. And today we want to share a definition of job crafting and highlight three ways of job crafting. Of course, uh, within the upcoming course that we just mentioned, we will uh, share more information about it and we will offer you in-depth um, uh, information about it. But here we wanted to, to focus more about uh, job crafting.
0: Yes, so Anna, uh, job crafting is a big subject, so I will definitely think it will end up in the chorus and also with practical tips, how to inter- implement all the, con- the constructs and dimensions we're going to talk about. Um, but just to highlight some definitions of um, job crafting, what is job crafting?
1: Yeah, job crafting is actually designing the work you do. Uh, I would like to mention here definition by Vreśniewski and Dutton. Uh, uh, what is as follows. The job crafting is the physical or cognitive changes individuals make in the task or relational boundaries of the work. Uh, so basically, indeed, it's reshaping, reshaping your work. And this research suggests that, uh, that a way to reflect upon and redesign your job to fit you better leads to more engagement at work. So that's why we also wanted to mention it here, because it's very relevant for your engagement, doing the things that you really like to do and um, what are important to you. And uh, job crafters shape the boundaries that define their jobs in three main ways. And I would like to highlight them. That's the task crafting. Um, It consists of adding or dropping tasks, adjusting the time or effort spent on various tasks of your work. So basically reflecting on the task of your job and uh, trying to reshape them and see uh, which aspects of which tasks fits you better could be example of a technician who wants to become a mentor because he feels that need of uh, of mentoring of new employees, since he likes to implement his passion for empowering people and developing develop mentoring skills. So that could be, uh, and I think it happens uh, quite a lot, and then that's possible. And that's the uh, example of Task crafting. Yeah, the, and I think yeah.
0: uh, one other uh, example of this is the teacher huh, who spends time learning new uh, classroom technology to fulfill passion for IT. Perhaps huh? I think that's also one yeah. great example of task crafting. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's the task crafting. Uh, the second one is a uh, relational crafting. So relational crafting
0: it uh, refers to. Uh, It consists of and refers to creating um, sub sustaining relationship with others as work, Uh, like spending more time with preferred individuals, uh, reducing or completely avoiding contact with others. Um, Well, to name an example, it could be a marketing analyst uh, forming a relationship with somebody in sales to better understand the impact of his work on salespeople. so relationship crafting, um, well, it's an interesting uh, topic to me, um, because, for me, it also involves keeping useless meetings out of your calendar. Um, you know, these meetings, others, others think you should attend, but have absolutely no added value to me or to you. So this, uh, um, I don't know how you feel about this, Anna. I don't know if you recognize
1: it even yeah indeed it seems for me it's also seems like prioritizing because well it's all it's about your work and about yourself and you have to see what uh what actually feels better for you and where you can learn more uh so i absolutely agree that there is a lot of noise so-called noise that uh that you should mute in a sense, because uh, just it can, it can be seen also as a distraction, as distraction of your thoughts, if you want to keep the scope of your work, and then it could be, yeah, it's, it can be kind of a noise.
0: Exactly. And as soon as relationship starts to be a noise, I think it's time to uh, look at how you want to uh, continue this relationship. Huh? But I think more on this, uh, because this is going into uh, depth on this subject, I think more of this we will discuss in the upcoming course. So. If we look at the third definition of of uh, job crafting, sorry, I was already uh, mentioning it almost. What's the third definition of job crafting, Anna?
1: So the third one is a cognitive crafting, indeed, and this is about the uh, job crafters uh, that may reframe the cognitive boundaries that they ascribe, meaning and purpose to the task and the relationships that comprise the jobs. We refer to this as cognitive crafting and it consists of employees' efforts to perceive and interpret their task, relationship or jobs as a whole in ways that change the significance of their work. So you can... uh, uh, think here of an example of the custodian concierge who thinks his job as enable education by providing clean distraction free classroom and students so it's basically it says how do you how do you see your work how do you perceive your work and how is it for you yes
0: I also thought about a product developer or a customer of customer electronics who believes the products he develops makes people's life easier. Uh, Like spending less time on boring household chores or something like that or perhaps a, uh, HR data analysts uh, who believe structuring the underlining data will help the company to shape work condition- conditions and management style to retain staff and um, also to keep people happy at work? So. Um I think we're closing the subject of job crafting right now to move on to the second way of um, boosting your engagement at work. So Anna, fill us in. What's the second way of boosting your engagement at work?
1: So the second way of uh, boosting our engagement of, of work is reducing mind wandering, getting out of the habit habit of accidental mind wander, redirecting our attention to, to what we are doing the most empirically established uh, exercise for reducing my wandering these days is mindfulness which means attending to our current in the moment thoughts and feelings and bodily sensation and surroundings in a kind-hearted way uh, mariella would you like to fill it in something more about this uh, this topic
0: Yeah, yeah. Mindfulness um, is a pretty nice topic to discuss as well. It's a mental state, uh, at least the definition of mindfulness is that you achieve a mental state by focusing on one's awareness on the present moment. So while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations used as a therape- uh, ther- um, therapeutic technique. So the founder of uh, mindfulness is John Kabat-Zinn. Um, very popular guy, wrote some books, did some extended research, amazing work on this mindfulness topics. Um, and by doing this research he found out that our minds wander off um, well every moment of the day and often these thoughts are also judgmental towards the situation towards ourselves or towards others so and this is often what causes emotional imbalance and further down the road burnout depression aggressiveness uh, in behavior grief and so on so john Cabot sin has had also uh interest in Eastern meditation methods, um, and he uh, the, the state of being uh, of this meditation methods made him uh, develop the mindfulness method, a method that helps you to be present in the current moment, step by step, by guided meditation, guided walks, um, while experiencing this body sensations that are going on. And this focused attention is meant to create a state of being present now. Um, And actually this is being present in the now, if you would like to uh, pronounce it this way, this sometimes uh, resonates better with people. In his papers, uh, John Kabat-Zinn calls this pure awareness. This is a kind of awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose at the present Present moment and also being non judgmental. So, this pure state of awareness being present, it helps us to concentrate on what we are currently doing, no matter if this is working on a project or eating a sandwich. So, everything we do, we do it with attention and we notice our bodily sen- uh, sensations, our feelings, um, without judging ourselves for it. So, it, um, what Uh, mindfulness is all about, that is, if you are able to do it this way, you start to notice what some tasks and responsibilities do with your body, and with your emotions, and how you can work with them. And I believe it works wonders if you have like, uh, different opinions about certain topics with, with colleagues. Um, if you're able to leave your own opinion uh, at home um, and focus on other people's motivation, you hold the key to a solution. Um, it's a topic I work a lot on with clients. Nowadays, we take too little time to reflect. At least that's my belief. Um, and we don't really feel and notice what's going on um, so to take this helicopter view, to really zoom in on your own limiting beliefs, because I think that's what's happening in the same uh, moment as well, and see if they are really true uh, or if they are just a mindfuck. So for myself, um, it works wonders to do just one thing at a time and have dedicated attention to it. So if I'm eating this sandwich, sandwich for lunch, which is also pretty Dutch, of course, um, I'm focusing on eating this sandwich and not reading a book at the same time. So I think we should incorporate something about this uh, in the master in the course we are setting up, Anna. Don't you think?
1: yeah absolutely absolutely because i also recognize it and then yeah, are doing the thing one thing at a time also being aware of your emotion it's really crucial uh it can change so much you can change your point of view what you just uh, explain it can change our relation and then also being aware of your of your body yeah definitely we have to we have to deep and dive deep into into this topic also yeah so Anna, what's the third uh, way of boosting
0: your engagement at work?
1: It's about uh, positive emotion. Uh, it's about prioritize positive emotional experience at work. Here we could mention all that brings fun and joy to work, like having a nice coffee or a chat with your colleague, humor, because sharing laughter calms the body and engage dopamine circuits that drive novel and innovative thinking. Uh, Well, when we experience strong negative emotions, we go into survival mode, fight, flight or freeze response. And the area of our brain responsible for taking information gets cut off. On the contrary, inspiration and curiosity help us to thrive and survive. And then the area responsible for for thriving and surviving leads up in our brain. Uh, Here I would like to mention also a broad and built theory uh, by Barbara Fredrickson. Uh, She describes how experiences of positive emotions like joy, interest, pride, pride, contentment, and love can transform individuals as well as as an organization. This model suggests that positive emotions broaden people's models of thinking. It turn builds their personal and social resources. So positive emotions broadens our thinking, help helps us to take the perspective of others and be more creative. According to the research, positive emotions at work make, um, make people more creative, friendly, better problem solving, and more resilient to workplace challenges. While it might feel unproductive to spend time on enjoyable activities rather than jumping right into to-do list, the boost of happiness we get we get provides us with the energy and capacity to be more productive and engaged for the rest of the day. So, the boost of happiness we get from these little moments of joy can get us an energy to go through the day. So, that's also important. And uh, remember that, uh, that it's this, uh, this joyful moments and fun uh, has an effect on us. And so, it's important not to forget about it.
0: Yeah, and I also believe that we cannot be productive like 40 hours a week. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I think those positive moments also keep us balanced. So I think it's important to make time for it. Yeah. So, Anna, if we move on to the fourth uh, way of boosting your engagement of work, light us up. What is it?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's flow. Uh, personally, I'm really interested in this topic. Um, so what is actually flow? Have you ever lost yourself in your work so much that you lost track of time and people around you and want to continue this absorbing work no matter what happens? Well, scientists call this state flow. It is really important for the engagement at work. Flow is a concept proposed by the positive psychologist, which name is very difficult to pronounce. Let me try. It's Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. And it occurs when a person is completely immersed in activity, when the person loses a sense of time and forgets about demands from the outside world that are not related to the task at hand. In a state of flow, we love what we are doing. We feel invigorated and in control and appropriately appropriately challenged. what are the attributes of flow what would help us us to achieve flow we have to be really intense concentrated, concentrated and time expands at uh, and you lose track of it we are no longer so self-conscious one worried about the progress we are making and also we do not, we are not so much concern about extrinsic rewards. So uh, rewards that are coming from outside, but we are motivated by intrinsically uh, motivated, uh, motivated things that are important for us. So, um, so we are more driven by internal rewards. Um, Mihály Csikszentmihályi calls this kind of experience, this kind of experience, autotelic experience. Let me exper- uh, ex- uh, explain it. Auto means self, and telos means goal. Uh, to quote uh, Mihály Csikszentmihályi, when the experience is autotelic, the person is paying attention to the activity for its own sake. When it's not. The attention is focused on the consequences. So, uh, yeah, autotelic experience, as I said, auto-self and a telos goal. So, the importance is the goals, um, and the our the, the goals that are there that are important for our self. And now the question is, how do I structure daily life for more flow? Uh, To start with, I want to mention what we just discussed that is actually um, important that what we are doing is related to to our autonomy, that we have autonomy, the voice and the control over the work we are doing. And also what is important to make sure our work allows the expression of our core values and strengths. When we already choose the task that requires full concentration and is meaningful to us, it's very important that we have a clear goals. And also, we have to make sure that the task that we are doing is challenging, but not too hard. If a task is too easy, you will be able to complete it without much thought or effort. The task should be challenging enough to require your full concentration. However, if it's too hard on the other side, you will find it too difficult to lose yourself in it, as uh, you will spend most of your concentration just trying to figure out how to do it. And so it might take some trial and error to find tasks of appropriate level, of difficulty, but it's good to keep in mind that too easy tasks will not keep you concentrated in, on it for too long because you might get bored, but too difficult uh, task can uh, make you feel anxious about them or or get other emotions that are also not optimal for this optimal uh, experience, which is flow. The So that would be the first, uh, first uh, suggestion to, to get more flow to make sure that you have clear tasks and the tasks are challenging challenging but not too hard the the second um, tip would be to find your peak time so the time when you have lots of energy and you can concentrate. It's good to look at the day when you feel, when you have these times. I think when we reflect, we can see whether we are more productive in the morning or in the night or during the day or during the certain time. So it's good to just uh, see what what, what works the best for you. Uh, The other um, tip would be clear away distractions. So aside from finding a quiet time and place to work, we will want to clear your other distractions like turning off all the notifications on your mobile and anything that can distract you pops up and make noise to interrupt your thoughts. Well, I would like to mention that achieving flow is not always easy and it might take time to find the right environment or the right kind of tasks, but with practice you can achieve flow and um, you can definitely increase your engagement. Um, I could share my own experience here uh, because I really love that state and it does not happen very often, but when it happens, I really love it. And it usually takes time for me to get prepared for work which which we were flow my uh, occurs why I I have to make sure that that um, my desk is very clean this is uh, this is important for me, well, even if it's not completely clean, at least that is organized in a way that I I feel control over it. I have to also know where I stopped working, where, what was the last thing uh, that I, I did, and uh, what are my further goals, at least uh, the very short, short goals, let's say, what the na- next tasks that, that I want myself to do, not to get distracted in, a, in something that uh, can just uh, bring noise and not bring me fair, further. Also, it gives me energy when I see that my work is taking shape. So that's also one of the and the tip that Mihaly Mihali gives us uh, in his flow: immediate feedback. So you have to see the progress. You have to see uh, that uh, that something is uh, going on. That you have results of your work, and if you see them, that also helps you to achieve uh, achieve uh, flow. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mariella? Do you do you experience flow? How is it for you?
0: Yeah, well, let me share my personal experience as well. Um, If you talk about peak times, my peak time is usually in the morning hours. So I try to do uh, work on the things that need my attention in the morning hours. And uh, then I can really, uh, if I know I have the time for it and I can dedicate my time to it, I really can get into flow. Uh, and I do clear away the distractions. So if I'm working on something, uh, I put my phone on silent, uh, I have no email notifications, well, never on my screen and so on. So it also means that I'm answering all my emails, but I have set dedicated times to answer emails and I don't feel the need to um, instantly answer um, anything. Yeah, so flow, um, yeah. Flow, to me, it means um, also being engaged. So for me, it interacts with each other. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I so relate to um, one thing is, uh, and this is setting the clear goals. Is it okay for you if I talk about this for one minute, Anna, about setting goals? Yeah.
1: Sure. Please do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because what I notice those clear goals, Anna, this is a process of uh, continuous learning for me. Um, and I notice also loads of people struggle with it huh, to set um, clear goals for themselves. Um, we get a lot of tools usually offered during our studies and also in work to make things smart, like specific and that you can measure it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we tend to underestimate what we can achieve in a year, but we overestimate what we can do in one day. So I've implemented uh, three things uh, per day per month, per quarter, per year system for myself, which allows me to measure my progress and work more concentrated on my goals as well. So basically, it means that I have a maximum of three goals uh, per year, quarter and month I want to work on. And per day, I define three tasks on my to-do list, um, nothing more and nothing less. So ideally, those tasks relate to my goals, but sometimes things just need to be done. So they end up on the list as well. So at the end of the day, uh, each day, I define my tasks for the next so day, and so on, and so on, and so on. Um, yeah, so it's the, yeah. I like to work with, I think we spoke about this before, but I like to um, work with, the, uh, uh, well, I don't know how to call it, the three things method.
1: Yeah, nice. For me, that's a takeaway. We underestimate what we can achieve in a year, but we overestimate what we can do in one day. I recognize it so much. Wonderful. (laughs) So we're going to
0: run into the end of this episode. And in this episode, we focused on engagement. We reflected on what engagement is and how we can influence our engagement at work. Um, were we were not able to discuss every aspect of engagement in detail but we would like you to invite you to take part in the upcoming course about happiness at work we will in the course we will dive deeper into this topic of engagement at work over there um so let's wrap up with some tips for our listeners app anna um let's close with the uh, engagement hack and the engagement demerit. So, and I think we should close uh, positively. So let's start with um, sharing an um, uh, engagement demerit. So a pitfall related to the engagement subject.
1: Yeah. So as mentioned in the definition at the very beginning of the of this episode, the the opposite of of engagement at work is burnout. So we can look at uh, work engagements, the opposite of burnout. And then here I could define, and I could mention the definition of uh, um, Marshall Lighter who defined burnout in terms of exhaustion, cynism, and reduced professional efficacy. Uh, Yeah, so the pitfall would be burnout.
0: Yeah, if I, uh, may bring in a personal example uh, on my end as well. Uh, I know when I start to feel cynical about things, um, I also realize that I'm a bit too busy. Um, uh, and the time then has come to lower my pace huh? to uh, reflect on where things are going wrong. and. Um, well, define my priorities again. And sometimes this is very uh, subtle, but it shows, um, uh, uh, in my case, it shows like in making uh, cynical statements or feel unsatisfied about everything that's going on. So, uh, but minor things and major things. So that's my demerit a continuous state um, uh, of um, continuous statement of feeling of being unsatisfied. So, uh, but like I mentioned, I think um, we should close with uh, a happiness hack related to the engagement uh, subject. So... um, If we look at the definition, um, engaged employees have a sense of energetic and effective connection with their work activities and they see themselves as able to deal with the demands of their job. So this is something that's very valuable for employers as engaged employees are more productive. So if you look at your own engagement, uh, Anna, what's a hack you implement yourself to keep yourself engaged?
1: Yeah, I think uh, limiting the distractions is uh, something that uh, that that is uh, very important for me, and keeping and uh, keeping the scope. So, this is something that uh, um, yeah that I I really use uh, very often. And then uh, yeah, just uh, limiting distraction, and uh, and then uh, the eff- effectiveness comes and the rewards from the work that I'm doing. Uh, just coming, and that uh, that, uh, that gives me a lot of energy.
0: Well, that's a great takeaway for everyone, I believe. So before we uh, wrap up, let's summarize what we spoke about today. Besides giving you a definition of engagement, uh, we shared four ways of boosting your engagement at work or in life if you prefer prefer to listen to the episode from the life perspective. The first being get ownership, autonomy, and self-determination. Our second tip involved uh, information about reducing mind wandering, more specifically getting out of the habit of accidental mind wandering, redirecting our attention to what we are doing. The third tip was about all about prioritizing positive emotional experiences at work, and last but certainly not least, we shared four ways to maximize chances for flow in our fourth and last tips on tip on boosting engagement. To wrap things up, we shared a happiness engagement and a merit with you just for fun. Um, I think it's inspiring always to hear about how other uh, people address those topics. So we hope this podcast inspired you to get started with boosting your engagement. And we invite you to share your personal experience with us in the comments below the podcast. And uh, if you struggle with finding a way to put all the things mentioned in practice, make sure to find out all about our new new course coming up in January. In the course, we will share practical exercises you can incorporate in your daily life to boost your engagement at work and in life. And we can't wait to share it all with you. So visit marielleobels.com events to find out more. And while you're at it, don't forget to register. If you enjoyed this week's episode, I invite you to check out mariellaobels.com to find out more about the ways Mariella could support you in bringing your career goals to come to life. The member program run by Marielle is the essential resource for anyone who wishes to get hired in the Netherlands or pivot their career successfully while living abroad. Whether you are still trying to figure out how to get hired in the Netherlands or whether you would like to get promoted and bring your career to the next level, the membership program can help you to boost your activities and realize your career goals. With the extensive course library, monthly training, bi-weekly Q&A sessions, perks, tools and a supportive and active community to support you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice. The membership program run by Marielle is the place to be for anyone who would like to get hired or pivot their career in the Netherlands. Check it out on MarielleObels.com